0: You're listening to T.O.S.E., The Other Side Enterprise, where we are committed to bringing you to the other side, taking you from dreams to possibilities and on to reality. Listen in on talks for business and life coaching starting right now with your host, Tiffany Rufino.
1: Welcome back, Other Siders. I'm your host, Tiffany Rufino, and I'm here with the column B to my column A, Mr. Rufino. Hi. Hi. So today, we have a interesting topic. It's actually one that was suggested by one of our other Cider listeners.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, so they asked um, us to talk about how to behave in a way that... Inf- Ooh, Pacino's excited, too! <laughs> uh, they asked, how would we describe behaving in a way where, uh, as a leader, others trust you? And they are willing to have an open conversation with you. And you're behaving in a way that inspires and influences your team in a positive way.
0: So if I hear that correctly, I hear trust. I hear
1: communication, appro-
0: approachability, mm-hmm. communication. And what was the last
1: one? Influence. Influence. OK. Yeah. Uh I'm going to go about this kind of in a weird uh, uh, filmmaker way where I'm going to share a story first. Okay. And I think pieces of the story will help build a foundation to where we're going to go in answering our other siders question. Sound good? I'm with it. All right, cool. Let's go. Let's do this. Okay, so today my um, sister-in-law texted me And she and my brother were going through, you know, when you have, like, when you move and you have boxes and then you put them away because they're not urgent. And one day, you know, randomly in a quarantine, you're like, let's get rid of a box. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we have those moments.
0: (laughs) Those uh, spring cleaning.
1: Quarantine moments. Well,
0: it is spring. But they happen year round.
1: Yeah. Let's be honest. (laughs) But. Specifically only during quarantines yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where you see that box and you're like, this might be the box that saves me and takes me through the quarantine. Anywho, they go ahead and they go through the box and she sends me a text message and says, we found your uh, NKOTB cards. And I texted her back and I said, what are you talking about? Because I thought it was going to be a joke or a TikTok that she sends me like afterwards. And it's me being I'm going
0: to have to stop you <laughs> for a moment. And oh, no. you said NKOTV, and I know what that is. You know what that is. And I'm sure most of our listeners do. But for those of I'm going to share.
1: I'm going to share. I'm okay. going to share. I'm getting there. And um, so, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the New Kids on the Block trading cards. Okay. Back in the day, if you were born in the 1900s, uh, usually you had some sort of card that you would collect. I... Completely forgot that I had These uh, boy band cards I do however have a binder That you and I were going through recently Of basketball cards um, You know really cool cards that i have in there too uh and then there's like pokemon cards garbage pail was it garbage Pail kids right
0: um not to be confused with cabbage patch kids
1: right and i think that's what i was going to say i was going to say garbage patch kids and kind of combine them (laughs) um when you get to my age you start forgetting things uh so anywho you know I It immediately took me back when she sent me the picture of the cards and, uh, you know, with Joey McIntyre's haircut and their clothing and things like that. And, you know, I was thinking about this question and uh, just thinking about how we were going to approach answering the question and things like that. And then this situation happened with the cards. And I thought about when I first got the cards as a kid, I must have been around 10 years old. Right. And you don't think. that at that age i didn't think anything about them being collectors cards first of all i thought the band was going to be around forever because that's just what happens right and then second of all you know what am i going to do with it it's a piece of paper you know it's cardboard you either pin it up on your wall for your friends to see or you're bringing them to school just so you could look at these pictures remember back in the day we didn't have those cell phones so you're not like flipping through pulling it up from the internet at that point you have physical cards and now I think about it. My first instinct was, I wonder how much they are right now, you know, like how much are they worth? And so bringing that back to the question, I think it comes from knowing now that at that age, the cards had no value to me other than face value. It was just cool to have. Whereas years later, like in between those years, something must have told me instinct, intuition, intuition hold on to the cards, you know, don't tear them up, don't treat them badly, don't let them peel. Granted, they're not in like those hard plastic little holders, but they're still in a little Ziploc baggie, airtight, they're still in pretty good condition. And I may not have known then why that was all done. I'm pretty sure my mom played a big part in making sure that they were kept safe, right? Mm -hmm. But I think about that for classes that we go through, Uh, For any profession that we're in, any sort of training that we go through, sometimes we go through the training and we don't know what the training is about. We're just told that we have to go. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have an instructor that teaches the class and we either get it or we don't, depending on the way the instructor teaches it. And then maybe we retake the class with a different instructor and then all of a sudden it clicks for for us, right?
0: Yeah, I think that happens a lot in um, earlier school schooling where people have not a lot of experience with the material they might be seeing it for the first time so who's teaching it makes a big difference
1: who and how
0: and how yeah and how they what teach their it. teaching method is
1: are they engaged in teaching it or are they ready to retire and they just don't care anymore mm-hmm. right not saying that all teachers are like that when they're ready to retire retire. Maybe they go out with a bang. Right. But, you know, there's there are different levels of teachers, whether it's in school or whether it's professional. I respect them all. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> that was not my intention to n- knock any teachers ready to retire. You surely deserve it. But I think that when you, you go back into wanting to behave in a way that influences people to have open communication and trust with you, it's what you learn along the way and understanding Which teachers, mentors, instructors, or trainers spoke to you and why? I think uh, a personal study of those traits or attributes that they had that caused you to be engaged, that caused you to sit up a little bit taller and to listen and to take notes and to speak about it at the dinner table or over the phone at night. If those things get your fire lit, then start thinking about what's driving that passion in you and let that reflect. That's like your light. You know, when you have a fire inside of you and people see see your light, it's because your fire is lit. So when you shine and you're your true self and you're authentic to yourself and you're authentic in what you you're doing as a leader to your teams or for the one person that you lead or for the 50,000 people that you lead, that's where you start to get That relationship built. I think you need that relationship before you start building on trust, before you start building on um, influencing somebody. And the relationship gets built with communication first. Communication has to be open from you before you expect it from anybody else. And the way that you communicate is going to be huge. Um, Are you communicating to somebody in the way that they learn? Or are you communicating to somebody in the way that you learn? So, for example, I'm not a person that learns by somebody telling me to do something. I, I, I can't listen to uh, audio instructions on something. If I am in, put in a position to actually do it and you walk me through it as I'm physically doing it, then I will learn it. Um, I can do that also visually. Like I could watch you take on a task and then I could take over and do it. Uh, so I'm a little bit of a visual kinesthetic kind of learner. But all, if you tell me like a thousand times, I'm just going to, you know, this yeah. <laughs> just from experience. Mm-hmm. Um, even last year when I had a couple of school projects and I was just like, I need to do this on the computer. And then you would jump in and I I would say, no, no, no I need to do it. I need you to walk me through it, which changed the way that you had to respond because you're not used to walking somebody through it. You're used to jumping in and getting it done and handling it.
0: Yeah, I'm used to hey that's broken and then 10 minutes later I've fixed it or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I think for the mindset piece in getting into the mindset of being a leader that inspires and influences in a positive way, I go back to the trading cards and collect the little the little nuggets from again, the people that have mentored you or influenced you. And you may not know why you're writing down these pieces, but together, when you look at that sheet of all the qualities, you're going to start to see a picture of, okay, this is exactly what worked for me. How do I bring this into what my values are and let that shine when I go to influence and lead other people?
0: So uh, that actually brings me back. I had a, a teacher in high school who would go over all the things that you we've learned so far in math, but not just in her class, but all the way back. And she would say that everything, every little bit that you learned so far is ammunition that you could put in your quiver, right? So like you have a bow and arrow, so it's another thing that you put in your quiver. And that kind of reminded me of that because if you find a, a, a leader that inspires you and they speak a certain way or they act a certain way, but there's something there that you think that you can you can learn from. That's another thing that you're adding to your leadership. To your arsenal. Yeah, to your leadership ammunition, mm-hmm. your arsenal as you as you said it. Um and it will improve you it, as far as what that what you're overall bringing to the table in in your leadership game. Um for me, I think when I look at leaders w- you you actually and I think we've mentioned him before on the podcast. You you introduced me to, to Simon Sinek. <sighs>
1: yeah. <huh? laughs> That's my work husband. He just doesn't know and he's also my best friend and doesn't know it.
0: And when I hear yeah. but, but one of the things that when I hear about when I hear Simon Sinek, whether you agree or disagree with how he approaches leadership, and I happen to agree. Um, the way that he puts His ideas, step by step, makes it so that there's a there's a basis in whether he's comparing it to the animal kingdom or he's comparing it to or some other analogy that he has. There's some basis in there that you can say, okay, yeah, I should I should be doing this thing that he's telling me to do. Uh, A lot of the behaviors that he has um, that he actually describes as what leaders should do for their organizations are things that if you go back and you see the most successful leaders, they have those qualities.
1: The reason why I think Simon is so uh, relatable in business and how to elevate your leadership is because he builds the why first. And that's one of his books, Start With Why, which influenced me heavily, But he explains the intention behind why his formula may work or why his study has worked or why his approach to a situation has worked and why the mindset and behavior of a leader will work if they do X, Y, Z, right? So it's not that you're being told something, it's that you're building a belief in something and you have the uh information to back that up and so with that i think when you're building your arsenal as we were talking about what you want to look for in your again your mentors who could be of any instructor trainer leader whatever friends even you're almost looking for building a formula for yourself if you're attracted to someone's leadership it's because it's in line with what you believe. If you're influenced after being around that person to do something differently, it's because you're trying to practice the skill that you want to enhance. And a lot of this is just subconscious. You know, it's, it's when you look at a person, if I'm looking at you directly, Jeff, and I start talking and I start nodding my head, you start automatically smiling and nodding your head, Mm -hmm. right? So I just influenced you in that moment, just in my body language, Um, which is not manipulative. It's a matter of you relating to a person and you being in sync and you being on common ground together in the conversation. I think if you take the... the
0: And you know what? I'll just jump in. The reason, just to, to back that up, that it's not manipulative is that if you change that and you start talking to me... And nodding your head about how I should jump into ice cold water, the nodding's gonna stop. Right (laughs) on whose end? (laughs) On, On my like. Well, if you if you walk up to somebody and you tell them and you start nodding your head and you tell them to do something that they. 100% would not do
1: without even a reason.
0: Yeah. Without a reason. They're not just going to blindly like it's not, this is not like a trick. It's not the
1: silly salmon challenge. (laughs) Yeah. It's not, it's not
0: a trick to get people to just be hypnotized and follow what you say. This is just a, um, a technique to relate to people like what you said. But anyway, I digress.
1: (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. I think that ultimately all those things are qualities that you either want to enhance or you want to have shine out of you. And if you're always your authentic self and you believe in what you're speaking, that's going to help influence how you speak to it, right? So again, if we go back to Jeff's theory of me walking up to him and telling him to jump in a frozen lake or in in to freezing cold water, without a why, he's not going to do it. But if I tell him, Jeff, you're on fire, there's a freezing cold pond right there, I'm pushing you in, he's going to jump in before I get to push him. There's a reason and a need for him to want to do that. I think with leadership, the, the way that it becomes management is that when we start telling people what to do, the way that we treat paperwork. So I always think that the di- difference between a manager and a leader and I remember when I first joined the company I'm with now that that was one of the questions what's the difference difference between a manager and a leader and I said a manager manages paperwork a leader leads the people. And if You can manage paperwork by telling it, okay, you're going to go in this file, and I'm going to write this on you, and this is what you're going to do, and you're going to get mailed out to this person and emailed here or whatever the case may be. I can't do that with people because they're more complex than a piece of paper. Yeah. And so that's where you have the mindset of, okay, I can't talk to this person and just expect to control them and do what I want the outcome to be. I have to build a why in it for them. Like, why do I want them to do this thing? How is this leading them and what's in it for them? Which is something that you and I talk about often.
0: Yeah. um, And it's not just because you're getting paid. What's the difference between you? You have sometimes you have to establish what's the difference between me getting paid here versus me be getting paid across the street mm-hmm. or down the block, or even in in here in the same company but in another department, right? So it's not just hey do it. I'm I'm gonna say that uh, management is do it because I said so, and do it because I said so. It, one of the things that I, I think about is management works in zero and one. One is you did it, zero is you didn't. And leadership works in the scale of zero to 100. Where you did it is a passing score of 65, and you're trying to get somebody to get to that 70, 75, 80, 85, 90, 95, 100, to strive to be more, right? And you have to you have to have a motivation. You have to have a reason why you want to do that.
1: Another way that I like to think about it is that as a manager, you're more of a parent in that role in where you have authority and you tell people what to do. And when you're a leader, you're more of a counsel in that role and you're there to uh, be a consultant to what the employee is going to do or what your peer is going to do. And so in consultations and having that consult with somebody, you're usually asking questions and bringing out the best in the person that's across from you. You you don't do that when you're a manager. And I'm not saying that there's not a time to be a manager. I think that there are certain jobs where you are required to be a manager, you know, and that may be due to the safety or due to, uh, you know, specific outcomes that are, are expected. And um, you for the sake of what the job role is. I think when you're placed in a position to be a leader, it's because you can lead a team and you can influence a team in a way that, again, brings out the best in somebody. And that's when you start gaining that influence and that even more trust in somebody is when you could show them, I don't have to tell you what the answer is, but I'm gonna show you, you already knew. And by showing you that you already knew through questions, right, and not questioning somebody to death, but asking those open-ended questions and having them come to their own ahas and their own realization, you're gaining trust because you're letting that person walk through it with you and you're taking the time to help them realize that they know the answer and you're also putting them in a position to be right and be liked in that moment, where there's no fear of having to uh, fight or flight in that moment.
0: One other thing that you want to uh, look out for in leadership is where management holds an employee or somebody who reports to them accountable and leadership holds themselves accountable as well. So you want to make sure that when it's not, do as I say, not as I do. You're leading by example. And when you don't hit the mark, you're honest about it. You say, hey, in this particular instance, I didn't hit the mark. Here's what I'm going to do to improve. Here's how I'm going to change that experience. And you can see I'm holding myself to the same standard that I hold you to.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that pours into personal life, too. So all behaviors as a leader are an influence, whether positive or whether negative or whether neutral, right? So if you don't take a stand and you don't make a decision, that's an influence. If you are um, negative in every situation, your team is going to respond in a negative way. Uh, So like, let's say for instance, Jeff, I'm your leader and you come in late to work right mm-hmm. and you come into the store that we work in or the office that we work in and i say to you immediately you're late where were you what's your immediate reaction defensive okay so what might your response be i might
0: make an excuse so you don't know something's going on with my significant other something happened with you know i go to the what i call that my dog ate it
1: mm-hmm. okay so like one of the uh like verbiage that you have in your bag for yeah. scenarios like this, just a quick go to. Usually just to get out of the situation. Cause mm-hmm. at that point, I would think you as you know the employee, you're aware that you're late.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. You knew that coming in. You knew that coming in. And Absolutely. you know what? Sometimes you're aware that you're late and you come in thinking, if somebody asks me, right, here's what I'm going to say. And Being being approached really aggressively, it almost makes it like where you have a plan until you're in that moment. And then like what you say, the fight or flight comes in
1: or you go into it saying they'll understand once I tell them why I'm late. Yeah. You know, because something outrageous happened. There's no way that, you know, this could be negative. Right. So if I do that to you and I'm like, why are you late? Well, you were supposed to be here at nine. You're late. I'm going to write this down in your attendance record. You go to your cubicle, whatever. You overhear uh, Allison. And if your name is Allison, I'm not speaking about you. I'm just picking a name. You overhear Allison coming in. She's also late. And I'm like, hey, girl. Like, what's going on? You were supposed to be here at nine. Is everything okay? How do you feel in that moment?
0: Oh, I feel I don't feel it's not a feel good. I feel Mistreated. I almost feel like singled out.
1: Mm-hmm. And if I have think about our podcast earlier about can co-workers be friends, if we're friends, my influence and my conversation might be a little different from uh, what I had with you, because maybe we don't have that connection yet. And yeah. with her, I know her personal life. And so I'm checking up on her. Right. So that's where you got to be careful in that both people are treated the same but both people are treated with respect, right? So you don't always have the full side of the story to make a judgment on how someone's behavior or performance is. When you come in late to work, let's go back to that scenario, and I say, Hey, Jeff, I'm glad that you're here. Is everything okay? You might not even realize that you're late. And you might be like, Yeah, why are you asking? oh, well, you were supposed to be here at nine. It's 930. You know, I called you. I didn't get a response. And then you could tell me what, you know, and and you'll explain exactly why. Now, if this is happening every Wednesday, every week at the same time, then the pattern of the behavior is one where my conversation changes with you. Mm -hmm. Right. But If I ask you that that way, you know, about you being late and I do the same thing for Allison when she comes in, there's trust because everybody is being treated the same way with the same expectations. But I'm still trying to find out the root cause of what's causing this behavior versus assuming it's a person or versus, you know, communicating in the way that I have a relationship with you.
0: And here's where the zero to 100 comes in. If you're dealing in zero to one, And you're a manager and you do respond like you're late i'm gonna write it in your attendance record if there is a high intensity project that comes up or a very big task where you need additional uh, support from your staff the people that you manage are still thinking in zero to one so they're going to be there their shift their 40 hour week and then they're gonna go home. If instead you take the approach that you had with Allison or the approach that you really want to lead people where, hey, let's find out what it was. Is there something going on with the schedule that we can shift or mm-hmm. what's going on? When you have those
1: a zero- consult. You're a consult a yeah. consultant. Sorry, I couldn't <laughs> say the word. Do, do, do. <laughs>
0: so but when you when you have those zero to one hundred moments. What ends up happening is that people are more likely to strive for 100 than they are for 65 because you you gave them a motivation to you. you you're, you're letting them know that they're working for somebody who has their back
1: and you're giving them an opportunity to rise to the occasion. I remember uh, when I was a new leader and I had an opportunity to transition from being a uh, I guess, led by managers in the past and now in a role where I was a leader because that's what the job called for. And I was at that point brand new into leadership. It was something I had in my heart. I had inside me, but I just wasn't sure how to apply it. But I knew that I had the team to support me and everything else. And I just wanted to do good by them and do right by them. And that was always what my intention was. But at the time, I was supposed to also have two assistants that would support me in the role that I was in. And, uh, you know, there was nobody available at the time to take on those roles. So not only was I doing my role within uh, the amount of time that I had during the week, I also was taking on the role of um, the two assistants that weren't there yet and trying to inspire the team to rise up to the occasion to take on a leadership role if that's where their heart was, because, you know, it looked one way before I came along and now it's starting to look another way. So it might influence them differently. However, what I did was I took everything on myself and I didn't delegate. And in turn, it burned me out and it made my team feel like they couldn't trust me because I didn't trust them I didn't trust them to take on the load. I didn't trust them to share what else was going on behind the scenes and the communication was different. And so what I decided to do was make a list of all the things that needed to get done and prioritize them and then understand, okay, what can my team support me with if they have an opportunity to? And I took those things off a list, created a new one, put it in our back office space, and it just said, and I shared this with the team, Hey, listen, here's a list of things that, you know, are available for you to either learn or take on until we have assistance. Or if you want me to go ahead and start giving you the tools necessary, because you're interested in being an assistant, you know, this is what I can do for you guys, as I'm also helping, you know, to run the business. And they not only rose, they like, you know, were enthusiastic and took on the challenge and people that I never would have picked out at that moment to be a leader, you know, stepped up and they they shined. They rose to the occasion. They stepped into the leadership role and they mirrored exactly what my inner values were and the culture of the organization and the culture that I uh, tried to reflect onto the team. So I knew that when I wasn't there, that it was still happening. You know, and that vibe was still going on and what there wasn't complaints about, you know, this person did that or this person did that because we were all, all on the same page as to what was to be done. They had an understanding of my role collectively because I posted the tasks that needed to be done. And all that goes back into having that open communication and having that influence with your team of I trust you enough to do the things that I do. I trust enough that you're capable of doing it. And if you don't want to, that's just fine. And, um, you know, I'm going to make everything transparent so that, you know, you always know where I'm coming from and the reason why I'm doing things and that you don't have to wonder what my intentions are. So. I hope that this episode helped you in a way of how do you elevate yourself to the next level and how do you think positively when you're communicating with your team in order to influence them in a positive way, in order to build trust. Um, and I also think that if you're consistent in doing that, that's where you're going to gain better results. Um, if you're happy one day, and you come in negative another day, or if you're happy one day, and you're coming in like you don't care, or if you're out partying with people the night before, and then you call in sick, and you're just like, you don't care that week, then they're not feeling your team won't feel stable. And in order for them to have that trust and have that open communication with you, they need a stable leader, and a leader that again, communicates from the heart, leads from the heart, will always influence the team in a positive way with their communication. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I'd love to hear what you do or what you're working on doing in growing yourself as a leader and what questions you may have uh, further on this topic or what thoughts you have further on this topic. So please email me at uh, info at TheOthersideEnterprise.com or you could go ahead and message me on Facebook at Tiffany Rufino, R-U-F-I-N-O. And until then, stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and
0: share. We'll see you next time on The Other Side Enterprise.